Ladies and gentlemen, citizens of the universe, fantasy footballers, Dynasty League dirtballs, NFL draft fans, and DFS degenerates worldwide, this is the Roster Watch Podcast, presented by RosterWatch.com. Roster Watch Nation, prepare for pop, flash, and sizzle. Prepare for knowledge bombs and cockamamie business. The Roster Watch crew is here to deliver the goods you can't find anywhere else. Here is your host, RosterWatch.com Editor-in-Chief, Alex Dunlap. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to episode 10 of the Roster Watch podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap here as always with Byron Lambert. We're going to hit you with it often. If you're listening to this podcast on iTunes, give us a five-star rating, give us a review, make sure that you are subscribed. Also, please give us a thumbs up on Stitcher. It's a jam-packed pod to get to today. Byron, how, how are you going to even start this thing? As always, all of our efforts at Roster Watch are focused on transforming the exclusive intelligence that we garner throughout the offseason and packaging it into an actionable tool for our followers on the site. So if you listen to the last podcast, you were able to hear us uh, do a round uh, one and two mock draft for 2017 PPR leagues. Alex and I have made the executive decision to scrap that plan and use it as a template for an MFL 10 draft cheat sheet. Yes, well, we're, we're going to scrap the plan of going with just continuing with the mock draft, going through rounds three and rounds four. We decided when looking through those rounds that some of these guys needed to be tiered in the same way that the people who are generally used to using the epic, uh, maniacal, and legendary roster watch cheat sheets, um, we feel like they can be of a big help in MFL 10s right now, especially with these early ADPs. You look at these MFL 10s, and there's only been about 125 that, that have taken place. So ADPs are still largely being shaped. There's a ton of value to be had. And we wanted to have something with a skeleton and an actual structure, not just a list of names, just the same way that we have with the draft cheat sheet that we can move and we can tinker with more precisely through the process as ADPs begin to correct and come more towards us. And it'll be a living, breathing tool throughout Yes. Dynasty season and throughout the off season. So throughout enough, well, I mean, for as long as until we get into the true heart of, you know, redraft season, and most, and by then it's only the most maniacal people still playing M- MFL tens, and by then you can probably use the actual redraft cheat sheet for your MFL tens. It's an easy way for you to draft an expert quality roster if you just in your MFL tens. Three, three, three simple rules. So that'll be out soon, but that, what we're doing right now is we're talking through the skeleton and the initial bones of, of that as it pertains to players' ADPs and you know whether or not we're going to be sort of high on them, whether we're going to be low on them, whether we're going to be directing our users to take these players ultimately kind of comes from where we have them ranked initially. Well, what we did with the, the mock draft here, here is we, we, we wrapped our heads around where we are on the top 50 or so prospects for PPR formats this year. And then we've taken some time to reconcile that against ADP to make sure we have a tool that maximizes value at every turn. So I think, uh, do you want to just start from the very beginning of this or do you want to go over some news and notes first? Well, we've always warned you that there's two times a year on the NFL calendar that's set up as prime 
candidates for fake news cycles. And now is one, whatever time it is now. Right before training <laughs> camps, oh, in the yeah. dead of summer. Oh, the dog days of July. Yeah, absolutely. And then these dog days of free agency. Yeah, like the, after the first and the second wave have already gone. Everybody's still waiting for the draft. Some agents are getting, some agents probably getting desperate. Example number one was the Ian Rappaport, Tony Romo, Redskins dump on <laughs> Friday afternoon of the combine that had literally local beat writers for all those teams just pulling out their hair. Sources very close to the team saying, this is ridiculous. And completely manufactured. <laughs> completely manufactured. Nonetheless, there's been a lot of hype about Marshawn Lynch over the last week, potentially to the Oakland Raiders. Liz Matthews today comes out with a report saying that on uh, one of the Seattle radio stations, WNR or something like that in Seattle, his agent was, I, I don't have the agent's name pulled up, but his agent was on a radio broadcast there saying that he feels like the media has taken this story and ran with it. He says that Marshawn Lynch is in Canada. He says that he and Marshawn Lynch haven't had any talks about the Oakland Raiders. He has said that he is scheduled to meet this week with Marshawn Lynch to where they would discuss any future plans that he might want to have. But to this point, no, there's no, been no contact with the team, with the agent, and there's been no contact between Beast Mode and his agent about this particular move, which would be the Oakland Raiders. Perhaps this was a contrived narrative. However, I, I believe think it I, still happened. Well, and I, I, I am reading here. They are meeting this week. The agent also makes the admission that Marshawn Lynch loves the game of football. Of course he does. And he's in great shape and everything else. And I want my 3%. And that he's, quote unquote, the kind of guy that can shift What's by it? the hour. <laughs> What's his agent's name? Uh, I'm going to have to look that up. Don't see it right here. Okay. I thought I recognized it whenever I heard it, but we'll, we'll have to get that pulled up. Let's see. Jay Cutler scheduled to visit the Jets, was scheduled to visit the, the Jets before Josh McCown took a one-year deal in New York. Does this have any relevance? Josh that McCown Jet getting signed before Jay Cutler? <laughs> it could have to do with what Jay Cutler wants, money-wise. I don't know, man. I think, like, dude, I think that... Sounds like a bunch of guys that ship the sailed on. I think Jay Cutler, you don't want a guy that's such a bad loser and a bad body language guy in a place like the New York Jets. Did you see what Gino Oriema said? Did you see that clip that Rich Eisen was retweeting the other night? Who said? It's a fantastic video. Well, no, I didn't. I don't, I'm not sure I know what you're Gino talking about. Gino Oriema, the head coach, the legendary head coach for the UConn women's basketball no. team okay and he says he doesn't care how good you are and his players know it he will bench you for bad body language he said you will not play on my team if you have bad body language there are a lot of coaches that are starting to do that stuff that's what they're you know like that's what um even here at texas i know it's kind of weird but the coach herman at his practices does this thing where he gets up in their faces and yells at them and he tells and he yells everything matters you know everything matters and it's just it's really wild because there was this one time where 
it was just like one of the guys who's supposed to be back returning kicks and the punter didn't uh, get it kicked in the right place. And so the guy, uh, the guy who's the kick returner ran over there to the punter and told him that he was doing it wrong and ran all the way back. And Herman got so pissed at him because he had wait because he said he'd wasted a bunch of energy running down there from one side down there to the other. And he's supposed to be being great. So I think with some of these coaches, it's like some of these real coaches, like some of these, some of them are real detail oriented. Well, and you always wonder, is it a classic case of nostalgia? Is Oriema becoming the get off my lawn old man? But he says that in this day and age, he is, it is noticeable that these kids that come in, it's harder for them to be happy for their teammates than it used to be. What does that mean? It means they're playing more for themselves and less for the team. It's just, yeah. And maybe, I mean, it may not be that they're horrible people, but they're more, is there a difference between being selfish and self-centered? Not that I can easily distinguish. I think he's saying they're more self-centered individuals, which sounds a little get off my lawn I think there's a difference between selfish and self-centered. I think selfish is like, you know, you're selfish and you're kind of greedy. I think self-centered means it's kind of like your perspective of everything. World it's revolves more, around you. It's more, yes, it's more Egos, Egocentric. Right. Anyway, back to the NFL stuff. Uh, manufactured news rumblings out of Philadelphia. The Eagles are unlikely to select a running back with the first round pick. You know what, I like my football coaches when I was younger called me things that if I said on this podcast, I, we probably, I guess we couldn't get kicked off the air. But I mean, they would call, like I'd be in eighth grade and they would call me a motherfucker. You know, they would tell me that they were going to put my dick in the dirt. They, they, would, they would say shit that they're going to shove a jalapeno enema up my ass. Do you think the coaches can even still say that these days? It depends on where. I think it I think does. in the deep south, you can still get away with it. I don't think in some places you might not, man. Talk about get off my lawn. I'll bet you they are coming in a little bit differently. And, and, and for reference, I mean, most of us watch Nation knows we're only mid-30s guys. But anyway. I just remember that they used to not, they would not let you drink water at football practice. <laughs> they used to make us eat salt, Peter. It's like 105 degrees, not salt, Peter, a little salt tablets. Like a cow. Yeah, just like it's 105 degrees outside. We're in the middle of central Texas. Oh, it was just, yeah. yeah, water breaks were few and far between, and that wasn't that long ago. <laughs> it is making more sense, though, for the Eagles. I see this perspective. Oh. It doesn't appear there's a running back whose value is going to is going to be commensurate at number 14 or 15 where they're at. Remind the me talks of the thing, right now are the, the, what are we talking about, about, about the Eagles? The Eagles unlikely to select a running back in the first round. That's the rumbling out of Philadelphia at the moment. I can I see it. it makes, what's, yeah, what's I mean, happened here. It's interesting. If you need a running back and you think one of these guys are good, you're going to take them, but it's just the general kind of consensus and feeling is, and you're seeing it now. People, People are mocking Dalvin Cook in the second round now. I'm not sure I totally agree with that. I do think we have arrived at a situation where it's going to be hard to take a running back other than Leonard Fournette in the top half of round one, and that's where the Eagles fall with this pick. Same with the Colts. 
starting to turn my attention to the Chiefs as a sleeper for running back. Saw Kendrick West and Spencer Ware both on the second of two-year deals that were signed last season. I mean, I just can't get on board with your love for Spencer Ware. It's not love. It's just a matter of. It's a matter of. I think that on the. I think that looking at the bones of what, how this MFL ten cheat sheet's going to look, at least to start, we're going to be low on Spencer Ware. Some people are taking. You know, there there are people taking him as high as the. I think as high as the third round. Let me just look and see where we had him selected versus ADP, and he was one of the guys that we were absolutely lowest on. It looks like we had him right inside the top 50, and his current ADP is more like 40. So you we're about to round are, off on him. You think the Chiefs are a possible landing spot for Joe Mixon? Or is that too much too, with Tyreek oh, Hill already too, on the roster? I don't think that – I mean, I don't know. It's like hey, once you jump off the bridge, like – that's not the right saying, but it's like once you dip your toe in the water, it's a little bit easier just to slide right in, I guess. Like, I don't know. I think it's uh, it might be too much. I don't know if it's something like once you've done it and you've got your fans used to the fact that you're gonna do it, if you can just do it again and they'll they'll brush past it a little easier. Whether it's just like is one you, know, you got the activist you only get, groups just beating down your door at that point, and you know they're gonna beat down your door. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly are. Keenan Allen says he expects to be ready for training camp. Well, we've been saying it on this podcast. It looks like we're gonna we're high on him, and as usual, the herd will come to us. All right, let's hop into this MFL ten cheat sheet that we're building right here, live on the podcast. Well, we're just kind of talking over the bones of here live on the podcast. It's gonna be. It'll probably be. I mean, these things take a minute to get fully together, but we're at least through. We've sorted through most of what we think is important of about 50 of these guys. And I'll just say at the very top, and Roster Watch Nation knows how, this is a good time to remind everybody, you can find all this content at rosterwatch.com. This cheat sheet will be available with a pro membership along with all the other tools that we have up for our pro subscribers currently. Also, any of the pro day video that we'll have for these the next probably one, two, three, four, five pro days that we'll be attending between the end of March and the beginning of April, uh, the wide receiver combine scorecards, the dynasty draft cheat sheets. Uh, once dynasty league season starts after the NFL draft, all of our NFL draft material, team needs, et cetera, et cetera, all with a pro membership cheaper than a cheap cup of coffee at rosterwatch.com. If you're listening to this podcast on iTunes, please subscribe. Same goes on stitcher. If you give us a thumbs up and or five star review and rating, that is something that is extremely helpful to us, and we certainly do appreciate it. Um, so we start out this thing, I guess, basically the way I see it starting out, and like I was saying, as Roster Watch Nation knows how the form of these cheat sheets goes, sometimes you're faced with a, kind of a decision, and I feel like there are certain natural decision points here that I wanted to discuss with Byron, because I feel like at the very beginning, we're going to be swaying people to go with Le'Veon Bell over David Johnson, Uh I think that there's every good argument for David Johnson. It's almost like you could put those guys right together, but our preference would, would be Le'Veon Bell if we had the choice. And then he gets to Ezekiel Elliott, where I feel like you can choose between an Ezekiel Elliott and an Antonio Brown. Just because it's a PPR format, and yes. as exquisite of a pass catcher as yes. Ezekiel Elliott is, he's, he's just not, not utilized be, in that fashion. I feel like you can choose between those two. What about the recent news that's come out that Jason Garrett... 
uh, believes that Ezekiel Elliott's going to pick up some more slack with Lance Dunbar out of the picture. Is well, that more he, well, of a passing game thing. role? I'm going to have to look up Lance Dunbar's stats. Yeah, that's interesting. If he's saying he can pick up some of the slack, I'd like to know how many targets Lance Dunbar had last season. Because you know it's not going to be Alfred Morris that they bring in to do that stuff. Maybe the signing no, of Darren I mean, he's McFadden. Not, he's not. He's, yeah, it's McFadden. I don't even think, no, I'm not sure for sure even Morris is going to be on the roster this year. Oh, I think so. After speaking to some of our folks at the at the at the combine, the same ones I who mean, told us that they love Terrence Williams, well, told us that they. Love- I was having the conversation with them how unbelievably sick that I thought Alfred Morris looked at training camp last year. I couldn't believe he wasn't used more, and they said the same thing. But because they, what they also said was that don't ever forget Jerry Jones is an Arkansas boy. He loves Darren McFadden from Arkansas. It's an alumni thing. I'm. I get it. I just feel like, I don't know. I feel like Alfred Morris is, I mean, doesn't it, he's still on contract with the Cowboys. I don't know how they're, yeah, he's still on contract for uh, the remainder of uh, 2017. And they they already have 3.4 million dead cap associated with him. It looks like if there's a, well, oh, all right. So there are. It looks like there's some things they could do here. It looks like if there was a pre-June first release, the dead 2017 cap would only be five hundred thousand, which would be a cap savings of one point six million. I'm telling you, there's a chance here so that Alfred Morris chan- is going to get what, cut. Do you think that that? Do you think that that windfall of a of a one point six million in savings off the cap, and you're not. Ha- you're not having to pay. Uh, you're not having to pay. Yeah, basically 1.7 million. Or yeah, 1.6, 1.6. What did I say? 1.637 million, basically, that you get off the books in a pre-June first release. Do the math. It looks like Zeke Elliott's more than likely limited to about a 50 reception ceiling, which is very, still very, very respe- respectable. 50 receptions would be incredible. Except for the fact you look at David Johnson and LaShawn McCoy, and I mean, David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell, and those are guys who are going for 75 to 90 receptions right. in a season. So I, I I think what it just comes down to is, you know, at that point you can go Ezekiel or... Um, Ezekiel Antonio or Antonio Brown. Brown. And we like a lot of the running back value later in this thing. We still got the Todd Gurley's, the Jordan Howard's, as I'm looking the Leonard over, Fournette's to come. As I'm looking over ADPs and how I've kind of shifted this thing a little bit to make it more commiserate to how value is currently lining up versus how we see things at Roster Watch, you know, it's going to be Mike Evans and Julio Jones with the next two with no real considerables along with them. Is there anybody we're high on at this point? Yes. So that would be Le'Veon Bell we are high on. And then this Mike Mike Evans we are high on. And then Julio Jones we are we're even on. We fall in line with the ADP. And then Odell Beckham, it looks like we are low on him. You know, it's like people have Mike Evans and Julio basically flip flopped. I don't see the, the I don't see the reasoning for it, especially with the Brandon Marshall acquisition. I just I know people can point to the Brandon Marshall acquisition and say, well, there's just as meaningful a Deshaun Jackson acquisition in Tampa Bay to affect Mike Evans. To that, I'll say Deshaun Jackson 
I don't well I don't expect Brandon Marshall to come in and be an absolute target hog that's going to siphon off a huge number of targets from Odell Beckham, but at least Brandon Marshall has shown in his career that he is capable of being a target hog like receiver and that's nothing that Deshaun Jackson's ever been. He's never been a volume guy. He's been a you know, five targets per game player, you know, sometimes just going three targets and getting his 20-point fantasy game off of two huge plays. So I'm not worried about Mike Evans, you know, his his target share wearing down or, or decreasing in any real way. He's always had somebody opposite him who's been capable. Odell Beckham, one of our longtime favorites in the league and in fantasy and that we've ever scouted live. You can watch if, being, if being low on him is having him ranked as your number seven or eight guy after you've got Brandon Marshall in the fold, then we're just one step ahead as usual. I thought what was sort of you know, Odell Beckham also, I think that in order to make sure that we're getting our grubby mitts on Melvin Gordon in a post-Danny Woodhead world. I like what you did here getting Melvin Gordon up. I think he needs to be – I think you need Needed to make a to choice between Melvin Gordon and Odell Beckham. I agree. And so – uh, after that, because I'm taking Melvin Gordon over AJ Green every day of the week. Well, that, that's the internal dialogue I started having with myself. Or, I mean, you, I, I you, guess who else would I have an, an, an internal dialogue with? <laughs> what do they say? They say that it's talking to yourself is a sign of intelligence. Talking to yourself and answering is a sign, is a of, sign of Looney Tunes. <laughs> I often wonder. <laughs> it's a fine, a fine, a fine line, brother. A fine line. A lot of things in life. AJ Green. I sort of feel like he's in a spot by himself, and figured coming up, sort of right behind that, is uh, Devontae Freeman and T.Y. Hilton. I kind of value them, and is in the same kind of tier. Thoughts about that? Do well, you I- see Devontae Freeman in more of like a Des Bryant tier? I just think of that group that uh, T.Y. Hilton, the robot genius loves T.Y. Hilton. He's well, shrimpy. He's squirmy. He's squirmy. He squirts in and around and down the field. Yes. And Andrew Luck loves him. I mean, look, we love Devontae Freeman. He's our one of our sweetest children of Roster Watch Nation. But you're not going to take him over, T.Y.? I'm not because, again, my strategy is I'm going to take Tevin Coleman later. So let's see. If we look at the ADP on Devontae Freeman, it looks like... And I can argue I like Hilton more than A.J. Green. Well, I'm not saying we're going to get him over that. We're going to we bake, can't do we that. we got to bake, the, bake some ADPs yes, in the fabric of this because they have, they we want to maximize value have, at every pick. They have three spots different... Or one, two, three. Yeah, three spots difference in ADP at the top. We'll break the And it looks like Devontae... Let's see. We... Yeah, I mean, Devontae's honestly a guy we're probably a little bit high on. We could manage to get him down one. We could manage to get him down one I like spot. him right there with Dez. Kind of, you, you get to that part, and you can think Devontae or Dez. That makes sense to me. Ooh, look what you did here. You did get Michael Thomas over DeAndre Hopkins. I did. I that mean, was I a good talk we had yesterday. I thought about it and thought about it, and I think that it, I think that it makes a lot of sense. I mean, that's the thing. Alex and I, we literally get together. We talk about these things every day. 
<laughs> and we're going to be changing them. It's, it's I mean, sick. It, by the time the cheat sheet goes up, he calls me on the phone be, to talk about whether we should <laughs> get going to be changed, whether, whether we need to rethink having Deandre Hopkins over Michael Thomas on our MFL 10. I just, cheat sheet. well, I just think that bringing your roster watch nation in is part of the process. I mean, this isn't going to be exactly the product or exactly what it's going to be when, when it comes out here in the next week or so, but at least kind of give everybody a feel for, you know, what it is we're talking through and a feel for just how we're seeing this thing shake out to, you know, as as real thought leaders in the industry, how we're seeing things shake out from a real early uh, perspective. And I'm buying stock in Drew Brees every day of the week over whatever quarterback DeAndre Hopkins gets if he's not named Tony Romo. So I'm, I'm so get Devontae Freeman. We're going to start him out initially down a little. God, and so that puts Melvin Gordon in kind of a tier his own outside of the top guys. Exactly. Whenever you see it like this, like visually, it's very interesting to see. But I, I think it's he, really the cheat sheet is like a visual Melvin interpretation right, of, of, of draft of, rankings. Of, well, of how the flow of the draft should be if 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 you're drafting based on value. That's right. But but yeah, I think that it's also weird to see next to Melvin Gordon's name LAC. Gonna have to get used to that. It looks like the Clippers. Looks like the Clippers. Um, Melvin Gordon belongs in a tier of his own. So after the Devonte Des question i felt like the good question was the LaShawn mccoy jordy nelson question you feel like they're both kind of old men you're not sure who's coming off the cliff first yes but i know that they've both been prolific and i wanted to get the young man michael thomas just one under both of those guys i like it i'm surprised we have mccoy over hyde is that because of adp yes dude carlos hyde was (laughs) <laughs> this is the highest anybody is on Carlos Hyde. We're 15 spots high on him at that at, at that spot. What is Jordan Howard's ADP? Let's see here. His ADP is 18. So it's higher than Hyde. So we need to flip those two. We need to have Jordan Howard over Carlos Hyde. Yeah, that's a good call. In a little bit of a tier of his own there, splitting Michael Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins. Is that Not, crazy that we're taking Jordan Howard over DeAndre Hopkins? No. Are we concerned at what Will Fuller does to DeAndre Hopkins' dynasty value? No. He's probably going to be gone next year anyway. He's in a contract year. If they lock him up, they lock him up, and they love him, and they're going to pepper him. So if, if DeAndre's sick, man, I mean, you remember we've seen like we've seen him. I think uh, I, I, I need to go back and look at our combine scorecard, but I think we even loved him even going back to the combine. So if you're in the middle of your MFL 10 draft and you're faced with a decision on Jordan Howard and DeAndre Hopkins, you're just telling me you're pulling the trigger on Jordan Howard and just moving on? Well, hopefully that's his early second round decision. So I will have had to have tr- taken one player at the end of the first. And so I think, honestly, I would default to something. With something like that, I would – just take opposite of the position that I took. I think those two should be on the same line and get Hopkins right under Thomas to to fi- to finish that tier of wide receivers out. So the top tier of wide receivers is going to be Antonio Brown through DeAndre Hopkins with guys like Michael Thomas moving their way into that elite group of uh, fantasy prospects. MFL prospects, PPR prospects. Looks like there's going to be a little cluster of running back value here next with Carlos. You know, Carlos Hyde's a guy who we're still 
going to be higher on than everybody else. I'm wondering. I just don't. Out of principle, you couldn't get Jhi over Todd Gurley. Is that what it was? No, you know what? He has a he has a lower ADP. He has a lower ADP than than we even had him initially pegged. His ADP is only 21 right now in MFL tens. Steal. So and then Gurley, his ADP is 19. So I just kind of separate that up after Carlos Hyde. I set it up just to kind of go by the ADP value. So is this a situation where we're so confident in Carlos Hyde that we're not deferring to ADP as any kind of tiebreaker because the fact is we just really, really like him and I, we, we want to make sure we get we him? We just want him for this price. So let's just lock him in And then we'll take whichever of Gurley and Ajay we can get. Yes, let's lock Carlos Hyde in for a mid-second round price and let's just wait for everybody to come to us. It's fine. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, we could we, we could risk it by 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 pricing this guy in at pick 2.10 or something, but I've seen sharp players starting to take him more. Like Mike Clay was in one of my drafts, and he snaked me for Carlos Hyde in the second round, right in the middle of it. So there, there are people out there who, who know well, what they're doing. never forget that 40 receptions is very much in focus for Carlos Hyde in a Kyle Shanahan offense. After that, there's – I know that Byron won't like this, and here's the thing. Nobody's going to own Amari Cooper using our MFL 10 cheat sheet, I don't think. But I I put in a Amari Cooper, uh, Jay Ajay-ish decision. Thoughts? To me, it's a pretty clear selection, Jay Ajay over Amari Cooper. But I get it. People are comfortable with Cooper. You're getting a good... You're getting a good player there. You're getting a decent player. You're getting a surprise. Well, I mean, we have him over Keenan. I'm surprised we have him over Keenan Allen. Is that just the yeah, concerns I mean, from the from Keenan, the ACL? Or yes, is that, of course it is. Uh, if there was no concerns from the ACL, I would have Keenan Allen directly under Michael Thomas, and that's and that's pro, maybe even above Michael Thomas between Jordy Nelson, maybe even above Jordy Nelson. Cooper's, that could be Cooper's where could, ADP is a lot higher than Allen's, so that makes some sense. Much, I just much feel like higher. Allen's upside is much higher. I think, uh, I mean, dude, Amari Cooper's sick. Yeah, but we've seen what he's done in the NFL so far, and he hasn't been a prolific touchdown scorer, and he's been inconsistent. And he hasn't been a PPR machine. Keenan Allen is a target hog. Yeah, now, the question is, he's coming off the injury, but his ADP's lower. That's going to be a tough call, Amari Cooper and Keenan Allen. I think that's what that's going to depend on your level of risk aversion personally. Like you I want said, the healthy I feel like player Keenan that's Allen's good. Gonna, or I think you Keenan want, Allen's going to move up at this thing. And it's going to this. The, well, like right we now said, you can get them both. Yes, you can. Right you now can, you can you get, get them conceivably both. Get them both. You can conceivably get them both. Um, DeMarco Murray, boy, I would take him over Amari Cooper. DeMarco Murray's too low as much as I'd rather potentially get Derrick Henry way, way late. But look at DeMarco. But, man, you just have to look at DeMarco Murray's ADP, and it's just so much lower than you would think it is. 24. No, well, it's, it's actually not. His ADP is actually where he is right now is probably commiserate just by the eyeball test of the old cheat sheet skeletons. Yeah, he needs, doing these he so needs to go up. With it the, looks like that's probably about a he late He needs to seven. go up with the Jordan Howard, Carlos Hyde, J.J. Oh, I think Todd he needs to be at the tier. bottom of that at least, yeah, though. He needs to go up with that He tier. needs to go up to where you have a DeMarco Murray, Keenan Allen decision, kind of. Yeah, and I just think people are going to be taking DeMarco Murray there. But but this gives part of the beauty of the cheat sheet is to provide the owner with some flexibility uh, to exercise some discretion 
over the construction of their roster throughout the draft. Yes, because and we're going to have also on the cheat sheet instructions for how many to take positionally at each position or how many to shoot for at each position. People always have tons of questions about that. Allen Robinson, no way I'm taking him over Sammy Watkins. You that, snaked me bad with Sammy Watkins yeah. in the mock draft. The well, here's day. the thing. I got Sammy Watkins basically around where it feels like his ADP is falling, which is number 20, which is number 26. Uh, so he's like Dude, Sammy Watkins, Watkins. We need him above ADP. Okay, so, well, here's the deal. No Are you one's not gonna, taking Sammy Watkins over Amari Cooper all day? I know the ADPs don't dictate it. The ADPs just, just the, Like, the ADPs just dictate... The ADPs have... have look, you know how the cheat sheet works. No one's going to get Amari Cooper. He's, his, his ADP's 14. Yeah, so a lot of times, that's more reason to, to consider getting that person down a little further if you're not going to get him anyways get some of the guys up that we really like. That's fine if you uh, that's I mean that's I'm just fine. saying in a vacuum I'm taking Sammy Watkins over Amari Cooper. I'm probably taking Keenan Allen. If we're going to play the here, ADP here, game. Here here's what I'm doing when I'm playing the ADP game. I'm going to make a I'm going to make I'm going to make you make a decision between Amari I'm going to get Amari Cooper under Sammy Watkins boosting up Keenan Allen and Allen Robinson and I have to get have to do the Allen Robinson there. You love Allen Robinson? No, but can no. we swap? Can we put Amari Cooper where Allen Robinson is? What about Watkins? I th- I think the all we needed to do was get Robinson under Watkins, and we can live with that. So we can go back to how it was. Play this, for now. Let's play ADPs. We'll put Amari up there. Amari Keenan, Sammy Watkins. I like that. Amari Keenan, Sammy Watkins, and then you're faced with a decision between. Leonard Fournette and Allen Robinson. Boy, I like Alshon Jeffrey more than Allen Robinson. Let's see what this looks like. I thought that was another sneaky one that you landed in the mock draft that we ran. Ma- I mean, day. I could get Allen. Ro- I I could get I could get Alshon above Allen Robinson. Above, you can. Yeah. I because I I, I I like that too. I think that that had to do though. You see how this works. First, we have ADPs. discussions over technicalities when we have differing opinions, but when we're all on the same page, we throw those technicalities out of the window and get the guys up that we like. Allen Robinson can't go any lower than a decision between Allen Robinson, Lamar Miller, and Rob Gronkowski. And God bless you if you get stuck on this tier. I would hate having to draft do you, here. Do you like Allen Robinson more than Brandon Cooks, or we want to just gamble on getting some Brandon Cooks on our rosters this year? No, I, I just I want a little exposure. I I dialed I tried to dial it in his exact ADP to get a little exposure. That's where the robot genius learned that from. He always wants a little exposure. <laughs> he does, especially the little squirmy guys like like Brandon Cooks. Uh, but I think that that's a pretty good. That's pretty nice. good spot. Leonard Fournette, I like him right there with Alshon. That feels like a natural breaking point. Yeah, God help you if you've got to face a decision with Lamar Miller, Allen Robinson, and Rob Gronkowski. You're just not in a good spot. It's almost like are we giving almost, everybody a shit feels, sandwich there, like, or is there a way to switch that around? It almost feels like Mark Ingram could. Maybe I was be. just about to tell you that's the solution. Flip Lamar Miller and Mark Ingram. That puts people in a situation where if they're to that tier, they have. A great option with Mark Ingram, and if they don't, and or they can be a Rob Gronkowski guy of tight end early as their cup of tea. No, hopefully it's not their cup of tea. But I think, well, I think the way that the way that we've initially priced this priced this sucker in, 
I don't think anybody's going to end up with Gronk. I hope not. And if you do end up with him, you're going to be getting him for a terrific value. Is there any way you look back at the end of this year and you feel like a complete donkey that you slept on Lamar Miller in year two in Houston? Oh, sure. Especially after knowing the volume that he got. But you also heard O'Brien and Rick Smith say that they're going to dial that down. That was too much, too soon for him. Well, the wheels came off because they rode him too hard early. Too in the hard. So they are going to manage his workload. I'm not sure, though. That might be better for fantasy. Nah, Is the guy going to get in the end zone? He was the touchdown virgin of all touchdown virgins last year. Yeah. Well, it wasn't quite, a, it wasn't quite the touchdown virgin like the original Melvin Gordon, but it was bad. And his, he was, hey, he wasn't getting too much play. Was, yeah, his efficiency wasn't any, any good either. Lamar Miller with... Six touchdowns. But, yeah, last I definitely year. That cut the cake. I definitely yeah. want him more than a. Here's here's my question: Do we like Devon? I think this was based on ADPs because Devonte Adams has an ADP of thirty six, while Doug Bol or thirty five, while Doug Baldwin has an ADP of twenty eight. That's the only reason I put uh, Doug Baldwin ahead of Devonte Adams. Do we do we like? I think uh, we like Adams more, but I get it. You might be able to get them both. We you like might, value on Devontae Adams, right? Or do you, do you think that was a one-year blip on the radar last year? Or do you think heading into the contract year that we've finally seen Adams for what if he really was, has developed into that offense and we should get what we got out of him last year all I, over again? Maybe. I mean, it sounds flaky, but I think it's maybe I could see both. No way for him to finish top seven again in standard. I don't think so. I think what it tells us is pretty good chance Devontae Adams is a wide receiver too and standard next year. So let's see what his receptions were. It looks like Doug the way the ADPs had us had this thing line up for seventy five receptions. Was Devontae Adams well it basically comes down to this. Devontae Adams has an ADP that's lower than Demarius Thomas and, and Jarvis Landry, but I wanted to get him above either of those guys. I didn't feel like I could get him all the way above a Doug Baldwin with, a 20, with an ADP of 28. You like without fear of Jarvis screw, Landry and PPR? Without fear of screwing up the spine of this thing, right? Like without fear of really sure. screwing it up. I, I, I couldn't get him. It seems like it would... It doesn't make it basically. Uh, I guess the good way to say it's where people might understand is it doesn't make any sense for us to get Devonte Adams over Doug Baldwin at this point in the in the draft or of the M of the MFL ten. You know what's but it does is make sense if we want to get a little low on Demarius and a little low on Jarvis Landry, which I think I am. I'm not I'm sure. Not in PPR, I'm low high. on Jarvis. I'm low on Demarius. I'm a little bit low on Jarvis. They've spent all the money on Kenny, Kenny Stills, Stills later. They got yeah. I mean, if we can bake Kenny Stills in later. Oh, then great. we like it. Well, I'll make a note here by Jarvis because there's no way I'm going to remember that. <laughs> so we'll say if nobody Jarvis just to say we, we want stills. Okay. Um, well, that's a good point. Interesting thing here too. Just looking back, Devonte Adams, 121 targets last year, Doug Baldwin, Baldwin, 125 targets. So the targets are almost identical last year. Adams, only 75 receptions, Baldwin, 94 receptions. So I, I'm 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 glad that I have Baldwin in a kind of tier all his own, and then you get down to Devontae Adams. Now, is that where we want the Dalvin Cook decision? That was a thing. Wherever his ADP is forty, 
you took a early flyer on him in the draft when we were um, first going through this, and you took him right at the three four turn or the two three turn. He's actually a guy who's going more at the three four turn. This puts him at uh, a little bit earlier than the three four turn. Maybe pick three ten. 309 is that a little bit high ADP is his ADP is uh 311 or no I'm sorry 401 actually pretty high ADP almost too high I think I think we're a little too high and I think that ADP is a little too high I like it it's a little goosey right now I like it I don't love Demarius Thomas I like a decision between a Dalvin Cook and like a Jarvis Landry Maybe between a Dalvin Cook and a Julian Edelman. Certainly not between him and a Devontae Adams. I think get him down one for at least for now. So then you're talking Dalvin Cook versus Demarius Thomas. So let's just talk that. I, let's just talk that out. I'm just. I <laughs> mean, I'm just side, not he, high on Demarius Thomas. To me, that again is your level of risk aversion. And, if you want to go with a kind of a safe commodity with a good upside and a and a household name, I think he's perfectly fine. What on the, what about on the other side of the coin? At this point, I would believe more than likely Dalvin Cook is going to be drafted to a team where he's going to have the chance to get a lot of action. He's a guy who can catch the football. I think the upside is probably pretty similar. I think you could take... Do you take Dalvin Cook every time before you take Jarvis Landry or Michael Crabtree? No, I mean, I think Jarvis Landry is solid in PPR. And even though we're looking at maybe designing this thing to where we're tilted a little more towards stills later for value, I think Crabtree is the guy you want instead of Amari Cooper. That definitely needs to be baked into this thing. We need to. Oh, yeah. Well, we need let, to me direct, Cra- let me look at Crabtree. This tool needs to direct players in that, in, in, down that pathway. So we're four, we're like four higher on ADP on Crabtree. Do you think we need to just get him up to where to where it's to where it's just for sh- like? Do you think it should go Devonte Adams and then Crabtree before Demarius? Michael Crabtree, the number twelve receiver in standard, one hundred forty-five targets, ninety receptions, thousand yards, eight touchdowns. Yeah, I think there's an argument. He's it very much in the Doug Baldwin, Devonte Adams. Yeah, that's what I think we're going to do. We're going to, for now, we're going as we as we're mentioning, guys. Don't take everything we're saying here to the bank. Everything is, everything will change, especially through the course of the off season. But you know, it's a it's a fun exercise to go through it. So let's see here. We'll get them down. We'll get Michael Crabtree in right there to, and then I think honestly. You should have the decision still between um, Dalvin and Demarius, so that moves Dalvin down one other spot too, which f- makes Dalvin Cook basically fall in exact line with what his ADP is. It's, it's comfortable. It, we want some so exposure to him, works. but he's yeah. being taken pretty high. It's the right same now. thing as a Brandon Cooks. Give me a little exposure. I want to price him in exact ADP. After that's where we get to. You know, your decisions of where are you going to take Aaron Rodgers? We think it's somewhere in the spot where you're going to be taking a Julian Edelman and or a Terrell Pryor. Fair enough. I'd rather take quarterback a little bit later, but I'm fine with that. That's a safe bet. You're going to get a lot of production out of him. 
Nope. I think that's fair. I mean, Terrell Pryor is the wild card, is where to me it starts to feel like a wild card. Is Edelman a wild card now with Brandon Cooks in the mix? I think Edelman's going to get get his. He does what he does. Yeah. He's going to get it's his. It's a different weapon. Yeah. I like Aaron Rodgers right where Terrell Pryor is. All right. So I mean, you know, if you get Jarvis Landry, you know, if you get Julian Edelman, that those are solid players in PPR. No one's going to end up getting Aaron Rodgers on this cheat sheet, which is probably fine. It looks like, ah, you could end up getting him. I mean, if he falls. Well, that's what we want. Yeah, if, if he, he falls. falls. If he falls five, six spots, you can swoop in on him. That's exactly the way we want to draw this thing up. Okay. After Spencer, that, Spencer, where are your boy? That, yeah, God, you love him. What is there to love about Spencer Ware? He's he's been I mean I lackluster at best. Just this last year. He, dude, he was he, he What was, do you want me to great. think about? The year the year before last. It's not how NFL coaches think. Well, I know it's not how they think. But I, I'll tell you this. I think that Spencer Ware, whenever he's getting the getting the volume, there's no I know that there hasn't necessarily been a Jamal Charles in the picture, but there there's always been a Jamal Charles lurking. He's going to come in there. He's going to assume the role of a lead back. This is a contract year. We know that Charkandrick West is not going to do anything to bite into any of his touches. He can. He's effective running the ball and catching the ball as a receiver when he's completely healthy. I feel like if he comes into the season healthy, I think he's a player that's more than worthy of an early fourth-round pick. Maybe this is an ADP play on your part. Or- I like him as just as much. Yeah, it, it, I, I guess it is. I like him as much as C.J. Anderson. Oh, I like C.G. Anderson more than Spencer. Well, Ware. well, their ADPs are one spot apart, so we could move Spencer. Where we could move. Am I going to have to fly back out to Denver for training camp just again this year, just so we can move C.J. Anderson up one spot? Or did we learn our lesson last year? Maybe what we're going to have to do is going to have you have to have you fly to Kansas City to see what you're missing out on in Spencer Ware. Their barbecue stinks in Kansas City, and I don't care about Spencer Ware. <laughs> Don't tell, uh, don't tell, Andy, don't don't tell Santa Claus and Andy Reid. Tevin Coleman in that same group, Isaiah Crowell in that same group. That's a tier. I'll tell you right now. I think the safest player of that whole group is Tevin Coleman, but we could play the ADP game there. That is completely playing the ADP game because you look at Tevin Coleman. Let's be a little high on Tevin Coleman. We need to have this we are. tilted in that direction. His ADP, his 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 ADP is at the end of the fourth round. We're directing people to take him more early to middle fourth. As long as Isaiah Crowell at least is a half a round high. On fifth him. round, we're more like half a round high on him. Um, after that comes a just basically to round up the top fifty. I think it actually is. It is a group of wide receivers, and with these, Byron is going to have all kinds of <laughs> ideas about it. But I took a long time. Figuring this out with the exact ADPs and, and with how they're going to be distributed. And I know Byron's going to say he's going to want Deshaun Jackson more than any of these guys. But the fact is, Deshaun Jackson's ADP is like 21 spots lower than this. Uh, but it goes Emmanuel Sanders, who I, would, who I want more than Kelvin Benjamin. This is about the time where you can start thinking about taking the tie freak. Do you like tie freak or Larry Fitzgerald better in this spot? Or do you like Larry Fitzgerald maybe better than Kelvin? Well, Larry ADPs Fitzgerald, we need, to be, we need to be reminded that last year, Larry Fitzgerald, 151 targets, 108 receptions. AD, you know what? That's too much ADP no overthinking for me. 
I'm getting Larry Fitzgerald. It's a safe bet. It's a nice yeah. safe bet. I'm going to get Larry Fitzgerald here. Over, over Kelvin, please. Kelvin, Kelvin was such a disappointment. Yeah, well, I mean, you don't think Kelvin has any chance for a bounce back? I think he does, but I think there's also a chance for us to have another discussion on the phone probably tomorrow about Devin Funches. Oh, God. Then we're going to have one about Kiaris. This thing rounds out with Brandon Marshall and Deshaun Jackson. No Kiaris Garrett just yet. That is the top 50 as we're putting together the skeleton of the Roster Watch MFL 10's first annual cheat sheet. And that brings to an end episode 10 of the Roster Watch podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com. If you like the podcast, please hit subscribe. Uh, please go to rosterwatch.com. Get a pro membership. It costs you less than a cheap cup of coffee. Find all our tools there. You will never be a fantasy loser again with myself, Alex Dunlap. Byron Lambert, the trash man, and all of our maniacal crew on your side for Byron Lambert. My name is Alex Dunlap. We will see you next time. Yeah.